0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Drum Shuffle, Jamie Eads joining you as I do each and every week. This is episode 92. I sincerely hope everybody's having a great week out there, Uh, coming to you on this Ash Wednesday of 2020. Uh, This is a very special episode for me. Uh, One of my just dearest friends in the drumming community will be joining us here in just a moment. That's right, the great Scott Hessel, Hess, from the Gin Blossoms will be my guest once again, right after this message from our sponsor, Los Cabos Drumsticks. The best kept secret for drummers is finally out. Los Cabos Drumsticks may look like the sticks you grew up with, but these are not your father's drumsticks. Los Cabos Drumsticks is Canada's number one drumstick brand and they are coming to a retailer near you. With operations in over 28 countries worldwide, thousands of drummers have already discovered the Los Cabos difference. Using FSC certified wood from Canada and the US, Los Cabos make the finest quality drumsticks, percussion tools and accessories on the market. The best news, Los Cabos Drumsticks offers you a ton of choice. They have 22 individual drumstick models and 14 percussion tools, many of which are available in three different wood types, maple, white hickory, and red hickory. Red hickory comes from the center, or heart, of the hickory tree and has been independently proven to be both stronger and more elastic than white hickory without adding a lot of weight. While most drumstick manufacturers have shunned Red Hickory, Los Cabos Drumsticks has embraced it, becoming the only established stick brand in the world to offer a full line of Red Hickory drumsticks. To learn more about Los Cabos Drumsticks, visit them online at loscabostrumsticks.com, follow them on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram, and don't forget to ask for Los Cabos Drumsticks at your favorite retailer. Dare to be different. Join the Red Hickory Revolution with Lost Cabos Drumsticks. All right, guys and girls, as I mentioned, we're about to be joined by one of my good friends, uh, Scott Hessel from the Gin Blossoms. Um, and Scott is just, he's one of those guys that um, if you talk to him for any length of time, you will be in, in tears from laughter after just a short period of time. Um, Scott and I have developed a, a friendship, a really good friendship over the years. But back when the Drum Shuffle was a brand new show, way back on episode two, Scott Hessel was the first guy to be all in and say, of course, I'll come do your podcast. You know, of course I will. Um, And we had just such a great conversation, you know, two years ago on episode two, and we've stayed in touch. You know, I've gone out to a couple of Jen Blossom shows since then. He's been such a gracious host. Um, He's just a great dude, a great drummer, and such an inspirational story. Um, And I don't think he would mind me sharing, but, you know, he got the call at about 40 years old. To join the Gin Blossoms. Um, this is a guy that never gave up on his drumming dream um, and just kept after it. And, you know, we talk a little bit about that, but this conversation is really about having a good time. Um, talking about the upcoming tour that the Gin Blossoms have this summer with Bare Naked Ladies and Toad the Wet Sprocket. It's gonna be a super tour this summer. Um, But again, Scott is just such a great guy. We had such a fun time talking. Uh, he, He even talks about inadvertently stealing a cymbal from Doug Clifford, which is just a fantastic story. We're always glad to catch up with him. So please help me welcome back to the Drum Shuffle, my good friend Scott Hessel. Hess, good afternoon. How are you, brother?
1: Good afternoon, Jamie.
0: I am. Uh, I am good. It is sunny here
1: in beautiful west of Phoenix, Arizona.
0: Well, it's always sunny in west of Phoenix, Arizona. You get <laughs> so. Uh, you yes, know. it is. I, I won't tell you about the snow on the ground outside here in Kentucky so oh my gosh yeah it's yeah. It, it's it's crazy. We, we waited until the middle of February to get our first snow so it's uh, it's all good. Hey man, thank you thank you so much for taking some time out of your schedule to come on the drum shuffle. Um, the last time you were here, I want to say it was way back on episode number two you were That is amazing. The second guest I ever had. So I do owe you a debt of gratitude because you could have pulled the rock star and been like, yeah, I've never heard of that show. I'm not doing it. But you were like, no, man, let's let's absolutely get together and chat. So thank you so much for being one of our very first guests and coming back on and catching us all up. I appreciate it.
1: Well, it was my honor, and I'm just happy that I didn't uh, single handedly sync <laughs> your show after episode two. So <laughs> there's
0: that. Well, you, okay, fair enough. There is that, but no you you weren't you weren't going to sync the show, e- even with the extended talk of Lincoln log drumsticks. Yeah, you know, so that was that was good stuff. I
1: have to let you know after that. Um, I have gotten uh, people <laughs> will deliver Lincoln logs to the Jim Blossom shows. I will receive occasionally the Lincoln logs here and there, and it's 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 really cute. I mean, it's it's. Um, it's
0: Oh that's I haven't so used them fun. live
1: mind you but I it's a it's a nice reminder.
0: Well I will say this that is a missed drum solo opportunity. You know Bonham I, used to right? drop, drop his sticks and play barehanded. You could, you know, <laughs> dr- drop the sticks and pull out, you know, the extra long Lincoln logs and you know, go to town. I'm thinking
1: for, uh, maybe this is a good YouTube. Uh, maybe I could go viral just playing a, a little kid with Lincoln logs.
0: I, you know, I've seen stranger things on YouTube. I have too. <laughs> trust me. But,
1: but no, it, maybe, maybe uh, that's my, maybe that's my jam. Lincoln logs. Get an endorsement. There are Lincoln logs even, even a fan. Do they, do they make them anymore? I wonder. I don't know. Oh,
0: you know, I don't know. I I, I would imagine Google so. I mean, that. why would you stop making a product like that? <laughs> I mean, really. So uh, so all you folks at you know Play School or Hasbro that are listening to this right now, Scott Hessel is in the market for
1: hashtag Lincoln Logs Jim Blossoms.
0: Fantastic. Robin and Jesse will love that. I know.
1: So. Yes, they will.
0: All right. So the last time we were in the same room together was about a year ago. Uh, It was February of 19. You guys were out doing uh, a tour that was, uh, I want to say Sirius XM was was presenting, uh, you know, an evening with the Gin Blossoms. You guys did New Miserable Experience from start to finish. Um, Yes. You were so kind to say, hey, here's a pair of tickets. Here's an after show pass. Come see me. Let's hang out. I just got to say, man, that was I've seen the Jim Blossoms a bunch of times. You know, that's that's my wife's favorite band of all time. And I've seen you guys oh, that's, a, a that's ton. So nice. um, it's one of the better shows I've seen you guys do. It was tight, tight, tight. It was great. How was it, you know, playing that role? Record in its entirety, I mean was that special for for you as well as the other guys to to go out and celebrate it that way
1: yeah, you know the the uh, new miserable experience tour that that uh, the tour that you're talking about was so successful um, I think people like to be a part of um, special you know, album performances from front to back. Yeah. Uh, it, it's it seemingly those, those shows, you know, they're, they, they sell out. Um, there's a sense of excitement uh, that, you know, I mean, not to say that a normal show isn't exciting too, but there's a, there, there absolutely is like a heightened sense of excitement uh, at those shows. And, and so performing them, is also exciting. Uh, and yeah, there's a certain flow to that, that particular show. We come out, we do a few, you know, new songs, newish songs, um, to sort of, you know, say, Hey, we're here. And then boom, we start the record, play it from start to finish try not to, you know, make too many mistakes in there, you know, <laughs> maybe mix things up a little bit within the arrangements. And uh people loved it. People absolutely loved it. And then in the and then in the show with, you know, a few more songs and uh goodnight. Yeah. And it's 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 a really fun show to play. We're still playing those shows actually. Those those new miserable uh experience shows where um certain cities Uh, From time to time, will be designated as enemy shows. Not enemy shows, but
0: enemy. Yeah, yeah, (laughs) enemy shows. Yeah, yeah. Pittsburgh, you're the (laughs) enemy tonight. So, (laughs) (laughs) Um, well, so here's what I will say uh, uh, about the whole thing. I mean, first of all, new miserable experience is one of those. Touchstone records from most people of my generation, right? That that totally. grew up listening to, you know, 70s, 80s, 90s rock music. It is one of those seminal albums of that era. And, you know, I have said this to you privately. I had been waiting, you know, 20-something years to hear you guys play Cheatin'. That, that yeah. song is... Yeah you know it it was like you listen to the record and you're like damn they put a country song on here wow that's right you know and so i had never seen you guys do that live and and robin kind of made a big show of it he was like uh, he turned around he was like all right hess what number do you want this on and, and you were like we we're, we're going to start this on you know two two or, i yeah, think or whatever yeah. he was like okay hess wants it on 2 but it was, it was just one of those kind of funny moments. But when, when this conversation was going on, I said to my wife, I was like, they're going to play cheating next. I mean, that's, it's, it's up. Right. And um, I was blown away by, you know, I always just assumed you guys didn't do that song live because it is such a stylistic departure. Right. Right. But right. you guys pulled off the country thing live note for note pretty much. And it was, pretty awesome i i just have to say that
1: i i tell you it's fun to play that song too because of uh the fact that yeah it is it it is well first of all jesse you know sings that song and um it it is a departure musically it is a straight ahead uh country song about as straight ahead for us as we could get it you know yeah. as a, as a rock band could get for, for this particular rock band. And, um, the fact that Jesse sings it is cool. And we don't ever, we don't ever play cheating in any other, any other, uh, shows besides the new miserable experience, uh, concert. So it is that particular song is a real special moment for us. And, um, it's also one of those moments that because we don't play it as often, uh, yeah. We're, we're like, okay, well, do we remember which, uh, how to count this off? So yeah, let's verify. We are counting it off on two, which is a, a you know, that's a slightly unusual yeah. one, two, and then we're off.
0: Yeah. Well, it's got that little pickup, you know, at the, at the, at the front exactly. of the song. So, so yeah, that, that would make sense. But you know, I, I I, I ribbed you a little bit after the show. I was like, you know, I only waited twenty six years or whatever to hear you guys right. play that song, but it was really cool. And you know, I, I want to give a shout out to to the band that was opening for you on that run of shows, um, Sucker Punch. Uh, oh yeah, yeah. For, for for you kids out there that haven't heard Sucker Punch yet, you you should really Google them or or YouTube or or whatever um you know outlet you want to use sucker punch was a really really good band i thought they they came across live really well
1: you know they they were great um we we've been really um for the for the uh well actually for the last couple of years um we've gone out with a couple of uh, uh several bands that have just been outstanding uh, and so it's been a it's been a really fun uh, time to go out with a band for a few shows, at least, you know, like four or five shows. And you get to know the the openers, whereas a lot of times, you know, you go into a city and y- you don't know who they are and, you know, you hope that they're good. And a lot of I mean you just, you just never know.
2: Right. Uh, well,
1: but in a lot of cases, it's really fun to go out with a band like sucker punch. We went out with another band, um, hometown band, Tempe, Arizona's uh, uh, the black moods, uh, an just an outstanding rock band, um, who we have a long history with, uh, f- friends with those guys. And, um, uh, they were fun. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to think of some other bands. Uh, anyway, yeah. So it it is. It, it's really fun to go out with uh, with friends. You know, yeah, for and sure. You 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 pull up in your bus, and then and then like a couple hours later, you see, you know, the van with the trailer pulling up, and then <laughs> you know, guys like stumbling out of the, the van and, and you're just like, Hey, there's our buddies, You know, you yeah. have a fun night.
0: Well, but, you, um, you said something and, and, you know, I don't want to spend a lot of time on it, but you said, you know, sometimes you pull into a city and you have no idea who it's going to be. In a, sure, in a lot sure. of those cases, you know, this may be a little too much inside baseball, but some of these shows, bands actually have done what what they call in the industry a buy on which is the oh, sure. pr- the, yeah. the promoter will be like hey you give me 2000 bucks you can open up for the gin blossoms tonight and a lot of bands will do that. for that
1: circle down to me somehow? Because I wasn't aware of this.
0: <laughs> yeah, no. It, it, unfortunately, that goes straight to the no, promoter's that, pocket. Um, right, okay. But, oh, too bad. you know, a lot of young bands will do that just so they can play, you know, in a big venue. With the, with the band, with the Jim right. or whoever it is. Yeah. That goes on the resume. And then those bands almost always run upstairs to their merch booth after they're set and Totally. You know, try to move some t shirts and CDs and stuff like that. But, um, the Sucker Punch guys, it was really, you know, it was clear that you guys were friends. I, you know, Robin came out and did a number with them. Um, absolutely. And their singer came out and did a song with you guys. It was really cool to see a young band playing their instruments and and doing it well, you know. Yeah,
1: that exactly. And, and they were, they, they were a great fit. And again, you know, you, you just, uh, with, with some shows, you really don't know. And, uh, I mean, we are very lucky in that we get, uh, great, great bands from local regions or look, you know, just cities that get on bills with us. Um, but yeah, like 90% of the time, you know, we don't, we don't know, yeah. you know? So, um, and that's the way it just, it's always been, it's always like that for, for everybody, not just us, you know? Um, so conversely, it's, it's really fun to go out with, with people that you kind of know what you're getting. Yeah. Uh, you know, that they're gonna, uh, get the crowd going before you hit the stage. Um, good, friendly people that, that, you know, you can walk up and, you know hang out with and then hang out with them afterwards and you know it's 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 really fun to tour like that um for sure so yeah
0: well in cool. yeah and you guys kind of wrapped up that run you know early spring of last year and i'm going to get the name wrong so you'll you'll have to correct me but you guys did like uh, it was what was it called the rock and roll express kind of summer shed tour um, okay. <laughs> I, well, I think that's what it was I, uh, called. Did anyway. we? All right. <laughs> yeah, but I, you you guys did some dates with with Collective Soul, so I was going to give a shout uh, out ooh, to yes, to, yes. to my buddy Johnny Rab. Um, yes, yes. So Indeed. how how did Indeed. those shows go? Johnny Rab,
1: uh, amazing. I mean, uh, Collective Soul are just outstanding and uh, outstanding band, outstanding people. Um, Johnny is, is just hilarious and an amazing drummer and just a solid human being and, uh, and as, as well as the rest of the, the guys. And so it was just, it was truly an honor just to be out with them. I mean, I'm hoping we, we get to do more touring with them.
0: Yeah, well, um, well, you know, I, I know both you and Johnny, and you, you guys, I think the closest you got to me was, um, I, I don't know, maybe Cincinnati or Dayton. I can't remember exactly which, but it was on a date that I was doing some kind of ballet stuff with my daughter and couldn't come to the show because you, you were like, right. hey, man, just text me, you know, kind of thing. But um, right. so I did not get to see you guys on that tour, but. Um, tell me a little bit about what you have planned for this summer because I think our listeners will find it very interesting and I'm not going to miss my opportunity this summer to come up to Cincinnati and hang out for a bit.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, this summer, if we're, we're getting back out uh, and playing. Um, uh, we're playing the big venues this summer. It's going to be exciting. We're going out with Bare Naked Ladies and Toad the Wet Sprocket um, starting in June. And, uh, I think we're, we, we start, I think St. Augustine and end up in Toronto and, um, everywhere in between, I think we're hitting the, the Greek theater in Los Angeles. We're playing Red Rocks in Colorado. Oh man. Um, just, you know, these, you know, I mean, I've, let's be real. I mean, I, I grew up watching that YouTube Live at Red Rocks video, <laughs> sure. um, you know, until the VHS tape wore out. And so <laughs> I have not played Red Rocks as yet. And that will be a beautiful venue for me. It's yeah. like a bucket list type of place. But I've played the Greek theater before. And it's just, you know, it's, it's just special, very special for me. Um, so. Yeah, it'll be it'll be great to get out with amazing bands. You know, Jim Blossoms have a have a long history with Toad the Wet Sprocket, going way back. The, used to do touring uh, tours with those guys, and I think this might be the first time that we've been out with Bare Naked Ladies, um, at least since I've been with them. Absolutely, so uh, it'll be very very exciting.
0: Yeah, that's going to be a a really cool tour, um, and you know I think it's cool that. That tours nowadays, you know, especially the summer, you know, what I call shed tours, you know, where you're playing the the big, you know, lawn seating with a a big theater in front of it, you know, that that holds, you know, 100,000 people or whatever. Um, It's cool that they're starting to package bands, you know, correctly or by genre or by era, um, you know, and it's been proven to be hugely successful Because look at this stadium tour that's coming this summer, you know, with Def Leppard and Motley Crue and, you know, and Poison. I think the concert industry finally figured it out. And that is, let's package these bands together instead of having them out separately. Let's put three or four of them on a bill together and people will come out in droves for those shows. So I'm I'm imagining those shows are going to be very, very well attended for you guys
1: i i I predict the same thing, and I think that that your um analysis is right you know right on the money i mean um you know let's be real there there are a lot of um there are so many options for the consumer nowadays mm-hmm. the listener the the concert goer and you you have to you have to make it special you have to make the the, the the evening special for that for that uh attendee and so yeah putting putting bands together that makes sense uh musically um is is the way to do you know the way to go it's the way to sell tickets and it's the way to for the people who buy the tickets to have a great time yes um so in this case to me like i you know if i wasn't Playing drums for the Jim Blossoms, I w- I would look at that bill and say, "Wow, that's that's a pretty good bill." I'll, well, go to that show. Yeah, for sure. Um, but uh, yeah, that's it's uh, it's it's the way they do it. It's the way they should do it, actually. You know,
0: I, I totally agree. And you know, l- let's face it, you know. Um obviously you don't pay for your concert tickets anymore because you're on stage playing. Um, you know. Well, bu- you
1: never know. Some nights uh <laughs> buy my you know, that buying my way in saying I mm-hmm.
0: you know Hey Scott, if you want to play tonight, you gotta to buy a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> so, you're you you can use your per diem you know, to really inside baseball. <laughs> <laughs> you can use your per diem to buy your ticket That's tonight. Right. That's right. <laughs> so um, oh my gosh. Yes. Well, the truth of the matter is concerts just cost a hell of a lot of money. You know, they and, do. And they're, they're super expensive for, for folks to buy tickets. And, right. you, you know, like for example, Elton John is on his, you know, farewell tour. Uh, this may be his seventh or eighth farewell tour. I was gonna I'm going to
1: say this is the 25th yeah. farewell
0: tour. Um, But you know, my daughter is 15 years old. She's never seen Elton John. And I was like, okay, right. we, we, got to get tickets. He's going to be playing eight miles from here. Why would we not go? Well, I'll tell you why we would not go. The three tickets that we purchased were almost 800 bucks Right. for right. three tickets. The Stones right. just announced a, a summer stadium tour. The cheapest seats in these huge stadiums is like 200 bucks. So I, it's just, yeah, it's becoming a hurdle, I think, for the average Joe to go out and see a show anymore. It really is. So I think when you can put three bands together, like, like this tour that we're talking about for you guys and sell the tickets for, you know, 60 to a hundred bucks, it's a whole lot more palatable to me anyway.
1: You know, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, and I, I, you know, looking at the price of the tickets on this tour, it's, it's incredibly reasonable, especially considering you get three bands. So not to, not to, uh, uh, you know, be the cheerleader for buying tickets to this concert, but you know, it's not $800 a ticket, I can assure you. (laughs) Uh, and, and, and you do get, uh, you do get a lot of, uh, you get a lot of notes, <laughs>
0: uh, from will from you, three different bands, and will you play all uh, yeah, of your it, fills it, all night? It, you know, you, it's good value, I guess. It, so, it's, so you'll uh, do all of your fills throughout the set, though. You, what's that? You, you'll do all of your fills throughout the <laughs> yes, set. You, I
1: will play. I will play okay. all of the drum fills. <laughs> um, as as called for and um, you know occasionally it's in a cowbell or two okay maybe. good
0: good I was just seeing if any of our listeners could catch that inside joke there you know <laughs> sometimes people withhold fills <laughs> apparently yeah, yeah
1: you know so. you, you want to give the audience all of the fills um, <laughs> all of the beats you want to try to hit the snare drum on uh, the two and the you
0: know, four <laughs> you know i just had an epiphany scott we really should have recorded the pre interview because yes, you know well. i could have i could have charged you know ha- had premium content <laughs> it said pay 10 bucks and That's you can right. you can hear what scott and i discussed before we hit the record button <laughs> so but all joking oh, aside this is a great three band bill you're going to get all the hits, you know, I, I'm guessing you guys aren't going to leave Hey Jealousy off the set list.
1: Well, you know, we're, we're debating, uh, like maybe, <laughs> you know, we just do Hey Jealousy and like an extended version, <laughs> uh, play that for 25 minutes, you know, do like another little uh, cover song and we're out, you know, something like that maybe.
0: Yeah. Well, know. I, you know, it, it could work, you know. Uh, I, I
1: mean, I th- Blues Traveler do, does a similar thing, right? They, yeah. You know, they'll go up and do extended versions of songs. Why not? Yeah. Why not us?
0: Well, you know, I went to... Uh, no, we're going uh, yeah, to... we are going to You
1: know, we play the hits. Hey, there's my dog in the background. She's saying hello. Um, you know, we, we get out there, we play the hits, and that's, that's the thing. That's what people want. They want the hits. We give them... We sprinkle in... Uh, some songs that maybe um, um, are newer. Um, you know, we recorded a record a couple of years ago uh, called Mixed Reality, uh, which um, you know the, the the fans that that, that know our music uh, maybe want to hear some of those, yeah. and maybe even fans that don't know the music as well it's, it's nice to surprise them. Yeah. So we'll put, we'll put a, uh, some of those in there, maybe surprise them with a cover song, you know, you know, just, uh, it'll be fun. It'll be a really fun summer and, and, uh, it'll be a really fun show.
0: Well, I, you know, I'm really looking forward to it. It's always a good time when I get to, to say hello to you and hang out for a few minutes. You know, we, we've, Absolutely. Developed a friendship over the years. And and I always uh, like seeing the band. I mean, I've seen you guys probably as much as any band in my history, to be perfectly honest with you, because anytime you get close, it's like, oh, let's go, you know, kind of thing. Right. Um, right. So we, we get out to quite a few GB shows, um, you know, when you guys get anywhere near here. Um it, it wasn't uh, it was a few summers ago you guys were playing up you know in the Cincinnati area and uh, it was an outdoor venue and about halfway through your set it it absolutely came a monsoon um, Oh boy and you know, but it was one of the most fun shows I've been to because you know it was like, well, okay, you know, we're we're getting wet. It's the middle of summer, no big deal. It was a really fun show. Um, yeah,
1: and, yeah. You know those those shows. Um, I, I personally, I don't mind playing in the rain because I'm covered, <laughs> and I just <laughs> you want me is getting don't, drenched, but but um, uh, you know, I. I I love outdoor shows and we're doing a lot of outdoor um, venues this, this summer. And so, you know, those, those are always just fun. I mean, I, there's something about playing outdoors that to me uh, is, is just, it's a whole different animal than playing, you know, inside the, the rock and roll theater or just the, you know, the rock and roll club or the theater setting everything is different. Every, every show, every venue is a different, um, uh, vibe. It's a different creature. Uh, it takes on a different, it's sort of a life of its own outdoor, like amphitheaters. And, um, uh, you know, it's, you can you, you're able to really soak up literally what is around you. Yeah. And, um, it's, it's, it's fun. It's just, a it's, It'll be a fun summer now that I'm, man. Yeah. well, We're talking about it. I'm really getting excited about this.
0: Absolutely. And you should, you know, the, the outdoor kind of big festivals that I've played. And I'll ask you, cause I, I think, you know, your perspective on this will be interesting. Do you find yourself playing a little different when you're in an outdoor Um, you know, amphitheater, a shed or on a music festival that's outdoors. I I have noticed that my energy level, I feel like I play harder. Um, I I feel like I'm probably, uh, I don't know, maybe I exaggerate things a little more at an outdoor gig than I do an indoor gig. And I have to really kind of pace myself on outdoor gigs. Do you approach gigs any differently or are you pretty consistent well, you, you from show to two show
1: really interesting points there the so the pacing we're, we'll be playing um i think our set will be like around 50 minutes it won't be you know when we go out by our by ourselves when we're not out with two other you know bands uh we would normally play 90 minutes and within a 90 minute set you're there's a, a completely different yeah that is that is truly a thing of pacing yourself because you know you don't want to um give it all away within the first couple of songs and then uh, be dead for the next night of the 80 minutes or whatever right so but for 50 minutes you pretty much have to bring it yeah for 50 minutes there's no there's no pacing involved you know uh and because you're playing the hits uh you you absolutely the energy level is uh 100% from the moment you start to the moment you end and so there's that and then yeah because you're outside uh, we we probably like I think we're going on uh I think we're going on second in most of these cities so we'll, we'll have lights, but we'll still be able to see people at the back of the, yeah. the venue. Yeah. And the, the thing that I've discovered or not discovered, but sort of what I try to do is you play to the back of the room. Yeah. Yeah. The, you know, you, you can see the people on the front, but I'm nearsighted. So I, I can't really see anything <laughs> more than Robin to the back of Robin's head. But you try to, you try to project to right. the back of the room. So sure, sure there is a is a great deal of exa- as you say exaggeration. Um, you know, you play. You don't want to overplay because if you overplay, you're you know not playing within your you are staying within yourself, and you know your your playing actually suffers at that point. But there is a certain degree of theatrics. Um, because you're on a, on a big stage right? and you open up a little bit more. And so, yeah, you do play at the back of the room and it's, it, it, there is an energy level that I think is elevated. Um, so yeah, it's a great question. And, and that's, that's sort of the approach that I take, Well, you, you know, if you were in a, if you're in a small club, um, you just don't, you know, you don't, you don't play like you're right. at the Greek theater, you know, right. I mean, it's a different, it's a different thing.
0: Well, and, and, you know, I mean, I think, um, you know, for me, I've never really, uh, uh, you know, the bands that I've played in, I've never really had to play live to a click. Um, You know, I've done it uh, on occasion, but it's not part of the norm. But I've noticed that, like on the big festival stage, you know, when there's, you know, 12, 13,000 people right in front of the stage, Right. I have to be very cognizant of that because I'll be like, Oh heck yeah, you know what I mean? And the adrenaline sure. dump is real and like before you know it, your hundred and twenty BPMs is more like, you know, one thirty eight and you know, that makes guitar players really angry and singers. You know, right. <laughs> so.
1: right. And you know, I don't know if we talked about this the last time, but you know, I I um I play to a click every pretty much of our songs I'm on click um, because I like to keep the rest of the band honest. Yeah. Say that out loud. And uh, so, yeah, you you know, there, there's, there've been some funny moments where um, Robin will come up to me after the show and he'll say, you know, this particular song sounded faster than normal or slower than normal. And I'll say, well, if that's the case, then we have defied the logic of <laughs> electronics because we are on the same tempo every single mm-hmm. night for every, you know, every single show. Um, so you And it's just the energy, you know, it's just yeah. adrenaline, you know, it's like, you know, Robin's up there doing his thing and it's like feeling really good. And, you know, it, it, it's something we'll feel either fast or slow, but you want to, you want to keep it, keep it within that range, you know? So there are moments where, yeah, I'll go off click or you play around the, the click, you, you know, there's a certain pocket that you, you lock into, um, where it's a little behind beat on the, on the click, or there's a song that, you know, you have to push it. So you still right. have the click, but you're pushing it a little bit. So, But the click is there it's like my little friend you know i just it's and if it wasn't there i would feel naked you know so i just use this little little app just runs in the background
0: yeah you know that's a really interesting thing you said you would feel naked without it and and that's what i've found is you know guys like me that aren't used to playing with a click all the time it's like yeah i don't care it doesn't bother me uh, you go right. into the studio and invariably the producer is going to be like, well, this is going to be, you know, you're going to be playing with a click. OK, fine. Um, and, and even if you get off the click, they're just going to snap you to the grid, you know, <laughs> in post-production or whatever. Right. right? right. So um, but the folks that are used to playing with the click, if it goes down, they're like, oh, my God. You know, it's oh yeah, it, yeah. It, it will really freak some guys and girls out if they don't have the click going. So that's interesting to me. Um, you know, the next time Robin says to you that you were playing something a little too fast, just tell him you spilled your cappuccino on the on the click track and you know it got a little caffeinated.
1: Yeah, <laughs> iPad. Uh, I've lost power to the iPad. No, you know, um, there have been uh, electric electronic failures from time to time where you'll lose uh like the monitor, the monitors will go out. So like you'll lose your, what you're hearing in your in-ears and all of a sudden everything will go out and you'll just hear, <laughs> you know, stage uh volume right. from the rest of the instruments. And, but you, you know, it, it, you're kind of, you're still there, you're still within that range, and luckily, you know if that happens it's happened enough times that like i'm I'm aware, okay, this is what it feels like to not have in ears or this is what <laughs> it feels like to not have click track right you know um so it's it's not as big of a deal now, but I think the first you know few times it happened it would it would be very jarring, yeah, because you'll you'll think, oh, my gosh, but what is going on here? Uh, this is what the band sounds like. Oh, my. This is this is what we sound like without the, cl-. you know, so. But now it's just you roll with it, you yeah. know, it's just it's just another thing that
0: might happen. Yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, I I think I think technology is a great thing. Don't get me wrong. You know, it was probably, I, I don't know, four years ago, I switched to in ears for the first time, you know, in, sure. in, in my career And I remember, you know, feeling like I was completely disconnected because I'd been on floor wedges for so long. And, you know, it was like, uh, man, I'm so disconnected. And everything sounded so uh, sterile is the word that I'm looking for. Um, And you can't hear the crowd noise. And, you know, if somebody turns around and says something to you between songs, you know, the guitarist will turn around and say, hey, I have to tune real quick or whatever. You can't really hear that, you know. No, you cannot. And you know, so that was kind of weird. But now, if I have to play a show without my in ears, man, I dread it. It's like, oh my god, you know, it's going to be all loud and muddled again and muddy sounding.
1: It's it's noise. It's just noise information at that point. Yeah. Ultimately, you know, killing your by the end of a show, you're you're you're
0: yeah stone deaf.
1: So fatigued, right?
0: Yeah. I mean, and that was one of the things um, that that I noticed about the in ears is, you know, I run my body pack at like one. You know, I mean, if, right. if it's 10 on the dial, it's as quiet as it will go and I can hear everything. And, right. you know, the next day I'm not going, huh? What? Say that again? Exactly. You know, so it's, it's a pretty amazing thing. And, you know, it's a tool that I think all drummers should at least check out in live situations. Well, you know,
1: and and it, it, there is no um, right or wrong to how, uh, how you run your in-ear mix. I used to run my in-ear mix where I would hear a little bit of guitar, uh, you know, uh, Jesse stage right, panned hard right in my in-ear, Scotty stage left guitar, you know, uh, panned hard left. Uh, I would run bass in my in-ears. I have changed all of that now to where all I play to is I have a nice, clean uh, mix of myself so that I can, I can hear um, the dynamics of the ghost notes. I I, I love to hear my own uh, just the, 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 I guess just the subtle things about my drum kit that I wouldn't be able to hear normally on a loud stage. Um and then I want to hear vocal. Yeah. And I like that click track. And then everything else is staged. Like I can hear Jesse just fine because his amp is is sitting, you know, near my eardrum, but I've got protection. <laughs> right. Uh similarly Scotty's guitar and the bass, you know, Bill Bill's bass amp is right there. Yeah. So I don't run anything else in my in-ears now. I just, I just, it's vocals. I play off of Robin's vocal and the click and me. Yeah. And that, that's my in-ear mix. Well, and that actually has saved my ears dramatically over the last few years because I'm not running the guitar frequencies in my, in my uh, mix.
0: That's a very good point. And, and you just have to play with it. You know, I think a lot of people will go out and, and, you know, try in ears for the first time, and they get that you know detached feeling, and they just say, "No, nope, not for me." Right? That's it, right. It's something you have to play with over time to find what works for you. So you can't just give up on it. It's it's kind of like the first time you try to tune a snare drum. You know, when you're a 13 totally. year old kid, it, it, that's something that takes some work to figure out what sounds good. Right? So. Totally. Yeah. yeah. It,
1: and, and, and again, there's, there's no right or wrong to it. It's just whatever, whatever works for, um, the, 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 the person using the the system, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and even that, even then it changes, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, but, but absolutely. I think it's, it's incredibly important. Uh, you know, I know people talk all the time about, uh, inner protection and, um, it's so, so important for, for all of the musicians on stage, but especially drummers, because, you know, those cymbal, that cymbal frequency, it, you know, I mean, I used to play without in-ears when I, or I used to play without earplugs, period, nothing, yeah. uh, when I first started drumming. And, you know, I know that uh, the tinnitus that I experience now is because of the, the just the volume of the, the symbols, you know, symbols just shearing away the whatever the cochlea.
0: Yeah. I, it, well, and it happens. Get, you yeah. know, I mean, is I, that right? Cochlea? Is yeah, the what, cochlea. What is, yeah. The cilia. Is it cilia? Yeah, cilia. The little hairs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can we get somebody yeah. on the um, Google, please? <laughs> anyway. I'd like to phone a friend, Regis. Um, right.
1: <laughs> I think it is cilia. Uh, it is. The little hair.
0: Yeah, that's right. That's right. They will not grow back. Yeah. That's right. And when they, you know, harden or whatever, it causes your ears to ring when you're in a quiet environment. And... Um, you know, so yes, kids. And
1: please, no one bring Cilia to shows, uh, <laughs> along with Lincoln Logs. Okay. <laughs> That's
0: so funny. Oh, uh, all right. So speaking of symbols, all right, I, I, we got to get this in <laughs> because, yes. you know, we've had the great Doug Clifford, uh, from yes. CCR on the show a couple of times. And, uh, the last time he was on, you know, I was on social media promoting the fact that we had had you know, Cosmo back to the show. And you actually said on social media, you were like, uh, yeah, he, he was angry with me when I stole his,
1: uh, his, you know, let me just, let me just get this, uh, on the record. Okay. <laughs> so we did a show with uh, the legendary Cosmo and Credence and, um, He and I both play a Stuart Copeland um, Bluebell uh, cymbal, 22-inch Bluebell ride.
0: The beautiful cymbals. Absolutely gorgeous. And and, they're very expensive. (laughs)
1: Yeah, you know, they are very expensive. And uh, I was thrilled that I showed up and there was a Bluebell Symbol. They're on stage.
0: Okay, so th- this was. Uh, like, hold on. I, let me give some context here. So, this yeah, was obviously a date where you were using some backline gear. You,
1: it was a backline okay. presentation of symbols that were waiting for me. Okay, so. And we did this. I think it was a private show at like a House of Blues or something. Okay. And, uh, so I was I was absolutely like wow you know backline really they just killed it <laughs> they not only got me peisty symbols but. <laughs> there's they, a there's a Stuart Copeland
0: bluebell they they're waiting for me just they read, ran, the <laughs> they read the request brand new they read the request that never yeah, happens. Yes, i mean I,
1: they, like they <laughs> whoever backline was that day when they went on the website they saw that I played the symbol. <laughs> oh my gosh here we go. this is great it's going to be a the greatest show <laughs> so I go ahead and I put the symbol on. And uh, Jim Blossoms come out, We're doing our show. And about two or three songs into the show, I look over, and there's Cosmo <laughs> standing on the side of the stage. Which, uh, which, which first, of all,
0: for f- first of all, first th- of all, this yes. for for any drummer, for you know a rock and roll hall of fame inductee, the drummer of credence to be standing on the side of the stage in and of itself is one of those, Oh man moments, right?
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. You, 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 you feel like, okay, I'm going to now drop my sticks (laughs) because I've got, I've got this guy standing on the side of the stage and he's watching me play. So, you know, you're, you want to do, you want to do your best. And you also want to acknowledge the fact that, yeah, hey, I see you over there. This is awesome. And so I am sitting there playing the show, and eye contact has been established, and I'm, like, giving him a smile, and I'm kind of trying to give him a thumbs up. And the gentleman, Cosmo, legendary Cosmo, has got his arms folded, and he's shooting daggers. At me. He's not smiling. He is looking at me like he's going to kill me. Immediately, I don't know what is going on, but I know immediately something is wrong, okay. Oh So he then starts yelling at me:
0: In the middle the of side your show.
1: Of the stage In the middle of your show
0: he's yelling. In at
1: the me. middle of the show Okay saying. That's my symbol. <laughs> you know, I, something to the effect of that's my symbol get the hell off my symbol. <laughs> so, what? I finished the song realizing <laughs> okay, I am in trouble and I just done a very bad thing and this gentleman is going to kill me <laughs> this is so i great. better remove the symbol so i took the symbol down i found another symbol i think i found like a you know i don't even think i found a ride symbol at that point i think i just picked up <laughs> like a china or something and just threw it up there oh. and I try to finish the show, you know, I, I, uh, with this China as my ride. And, uh, <laughs> I leave the stage and it like, I'm looking for Cosmo because I want to explain to him what had happened. And, um, I went, <laughs> I went to shake his hand and like, I was talking to him and I got, I did not get the return handshake, oh. and I knew, Oh my God! I have just offended this man, and that's it. I'm going to now go and crawl in a hole, and <laughs> that's the end of my career. So I don't know if if he w- remembers this story or would re- remember this event, but I would like to hereby <laughs> apologize officially for the for the misunderstanding. Uh, I it would never, yeah. Uh, you know, take his symbol, and I wouldn't take anybody's symbol and play it without their uh, <laughs> approval. But much less the Stuart Copeland
2: Bluebell. right? Symbol.
1: Well, but that is the Stuart Stuart Copeland bluebell symbol, and I would just like to let him know that I, <laughs> I love him and. Um,
0: well, I, I can assure you, getting to know Doug over the last couple of years, he he probably does not remember it, and even if he does, he's laughing his ass off about it right now. I guarantee well, that's, it. If, that's
1: what I would hope. Yeah, and uh, maybe we can, maybe we can get together, and you know, uh, <laughs> you know, I we can he can play my bluebell symbol. Right?
0: Yeah. Well,
1: I I can assure I can assure him though I barely touched it. I didn't, you know, I wasn't bashing it. I wasn't. I was playing it on the bell as you're supposed to, and you know, I treated it with love. Yes, that's all you should do with Uh, those symbols.
0: Well, so those things. I mean, and I said very expensive because that's not an exaggeration. Retail price on those damn things is like. You know, seven hundred bucks or something. No, and, trust
1: me, I know yeah. because I've got a, I've got two of them. One of them is signed by Mister Copeland. Nice, but uh, the the other one, you know, I I I carry out, I play it, and it and it's, I love it, and uh, uh, but it it, it that's what blew my mind is that it was a brand new blue belt <laughs> just sitting there, and I was I was just so, I was thrilled that that backline took the time to get this for me.
0: No. no. It was Cosmo's. You, you stole Cosmo's $700 <laughs> ride symbol. You know, not on purpose, of course, but um, Oh my gosh. But I when you said that, I was immediately like, "Oh my god, we, we I have to hear this story. That is fantastic. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. That is fantastic. Yeah,
1: it's it is a that's that's an uh, unforgettable moment for me in a sad way, but <laughs> Yeah, I I hope Cosmo uh holds no grudges.
0: I and, uh, guarantee you, he does not. Yeah, he's just—he's a big teddy bear. He really is. He's just such a good. nice guy. But
1: well, and you know, I, the the handshake thing. I mean, it—you it, know—it was a dark club, and you know, clubs are loud. And I—I I, I, I tried to apologize right there. I was like, "Oh, I'm so sorry," and but yeah.
0: Well, it happens. You and know,
1: reliving this has just made me really. Sad. Oh, no.
0: Well, we can't. We can't. OK, it's all good. We, OK, we can't have that. So, um, well, you you mentioned Stuart Copeland and, you know, yes. back, way back on episode two, you know, we kind of talked about his influence on you and he was one of your yes. main influences as a young drummer uh, growing up. You you had the opportunity to actually play in front of Stuart Copeland. Tell me about that. I did. And, uh, that,
1: that was one of those, um, uh, surreal kind of things that if, um, you know, you, if you have a, dr- a drumming, uh, a drum dream, this would be, this would be how I would describe it. But this, ha- this actually happened. So, um, several years ago, um, I uh, participated in a um one of those uh, campaigns to um help put together a, a, a film for um uh this gentleman by the name of John Bryant um a very very uh uh, uh very interesting project called Dare to Dream and um uh this movie uh, came out a few years ago, and I, all I did was I, I just contributed uh, uh, a few hundred dollars to purchase um, a symbol that uh, was supposed to be signed by Stuart Copeland, a, a Bluebell symbol. Okay. And so I contributed some money, and the symbol showed up to my house, and it was addressed to Stuart Copeland. Uh, nice. And, uh, right. Well, it was, it was <laughs> nice until I opened the box and I realized, well, Peisty had, had accidentally sent the Stuart Copeland symbol that was supposed to be signed to my house, and it was unsigned. <laughs> so I thought to myself, well, let me go back and uh, check and see, was what, what the symbol even supposed to be signed? Yeah, maybe it wasn't. Maybe it was my bad. No, it was supposed to be signed. So I contacted John, and he very kindly, uh, so, such, uh, such a kind of man, uh, he said, well, would you like to come out to, uh, to Stuart Copeland's house? And Stuart will sign it, and you can hang out with Stuart Copeland at, at, um, at the Grove. No, it's I'm, a, a, I'm, bu- I'm
0: busy that day. I, I, I'm busy that day. I can't make it right. That's yeah, what you so said. That's
1: that, that, exactly. That's my, my, my reaction was, are you really asking me this? <laughs> 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 or, I, like, uh, like, is this, is this a, qu- a real question <laughs> that you're posing to me? Or is this a, all a big joke? <laughs> no, it wasn't a joke. It was it's like, yeah. So, so let's figure out a date. Well, that didn't work out, okay? What did work out was that I was invited to attend a, uh, a master class that was also part of, of, like, it was a gift, one of the gifts that people who contributed to the documentary that I mentioned, Dare to Drop, uh, these people contributed, and then they would attend a master class given by Stuart Copeland. And so I was invited to come out drive out to, um, the uh, drum channel, um, studio out in California. And, uh, you know, I was going to drop by, I brought my symbol and all, all it was originally was, I was just going to drop by and have Stuart sign it, you know, maybe say hello. And, uh, that would be it. And so I got there, there was Stuart. There were the, 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 the very nice people, um, who um, were there for the master class. And uh, John said, well, you know, you're welcome to stay, you know. And I said, really? And he said, well, yeah, yeah. just why not? So I went and I I sat down. And it just so happened that I sat down next to this this lovely young girl named Alana, who um, is now, uh, she's... Killing it uh, as as a young uh, drummer. This uh, her name. Uh, I think she goes uh, Milana Rocks.
0: Is, okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've. I've. Uh, yeah. You can't get on YouTube and be a drummer and not see her. So yeah. Exactly, I'm Familiar. Right? Yeah.
1: So so she was. Uh, uh, uh. This was this was several years ago. So she was, um, you know, this little girl, and, and and again she was she was awesome, and uh, there I was sitting next to her, and so Stuart comes out and he says, all right, I want to hear each of you play. <laughs> and I'm sitting there in my chair saying, what? <laughs> I came out to get a symbol sign. Ooh. And now I'm going to play a drum set <laughs> in front of my idol. The guy that I, you know, the reason why I am in a band called the Gym Blossoms and playing drums yeah. for a living and so, you know, we each went around in the group and he asked us what we did. And I said, well, I played drums in a band called the Jim Blossoms." So, you know, I don't, you know, I don't know if he knew who we were, but he said, okay, so you're a professional. I said, well, yeah, I guess sort of.
0: They pay me you know, on the you know, nights yeah, that like, I don't have this, to buy a yeah, ticket.
1: <laughs> right. For the purposes of this conversation, I'm a professional. Yes, Mr. Copeland. And he said, well. Okay, when you get up to play, I'm going to take you down a few notches.
2: Oh, great. (laughs) Wait
1: a minute. How did I – why am I here, first of all, getting in this position? Secondly, if I'm going to play drums for Stuart Copeland, he is now telling me that he's going to take me down a few notches. What am I – like, I didn't sign up for this.
0: Yeah, I can't win here. This is bad. Yeah,
1: there is no win. Yeah. There is absolutely no win. So I got up and I said, well, I'm going to try, I'm thinking I'm going to try to play some reggae. (laughs) Okay. I don't know what the hell I was thinking because (laughs) I then start playing, yeah, so I start playing the the beat to uh, Walking (laughs) on the Moon. So I'm doing my best Stuart Copeland impression for Stuart Copeland. Oh, man. In front of a, a room of, of drummers, and and he stops me a, after about two seconds, and he says, turn your stick over. It'll sound better. <laughs> okay. On the side stick. Yeah. <laughs> and I said, okay. Yeah. So here we go again. Here so it comes. I, I play, and he stops me, and you know, I mean, it, it, it was surreal. Okay, Jamie, it was just, it was absolutely surreal. And to this day, like, I can't watch the video of me, of me doing <laughs> like actually playing. It's like, it's on drum channel, but I can't watch it because I get, I get anxiety just reliving the whole experience. Yeah. Even though it was an amazing experience. I mean, i and uh you know, I would love to play with Stuart Copeland again if he's listening out there. I would love to do it, but it was such a strange uh just like I walked into something that I didn't know I was going to be doing, and I was completely unprepared yeah and and yet it was it was magic I mean, it was like there it was, it was like you know. I mean, uh, Stuart Copeland.
0: I mean, what a great experience though. You know, I mean, how many people let, let's put it in perspective Hess. you know, how many people get the opportunity to play their instrument in front of the reason they started playing the instrument? You, you know what I'm saying? Well, well, exactly. Like the percentage, exactly. that's the why percentage,
1: having this conversation about it. I, I can tell you, you know, I, I can think of maybe a few drummers that I'm aware of who were as you know heavily influenced. like I know you know, uh, Taylor Hawkins talks about being influenced by Stuart Copeland, and I know that you know uh, as, as drummer for the Foo Fighters, I mean, they toured with the police or they played with them, uh, at least I think they played Dodger Stadium with them. And I know I know D- Taylor Hawkins has a serious Stuart Copeland fetish as do I um, you know so there there are a couple here and there that have been able to experience that but yeah we're talking a handful right yeah. you know but- so it, for for me it was very special obviously um, you know I, I mean it, and again I, I thank John Bryant for making it happen but and, and but I still don't believe it really happened
0: you know, yeah, I, I mean, it's just I, that's just one of those gifts that you have. And even if it was, you know, like you said, you, you're you're anxious even reliving it. But you know what? The The percentage of people that get that opportunity is so minute and small, universally speaking. Um, that's got I mean, that's a great memory, you know,
1: even if it. Well, to meet to meet your heroes is is one thing like I've been lucky, like, I, you know, I met Buddy Rich a couple of times. Um, but, but then to say, okay, well, yeah, I met Stuart Copeland, but then I sat down and I, ba- I, I, I imitated to him <laughs> in front of him, uh, and then he, and then he critiqued, and then he critiqued my playing as him. Yeah, no, it's, it's, it doesn't happen. That yeah. just doesn't happen. Well, that's crazy. So,
0: well, you, you know, you said the word and, and, you know, I want to be respectful of your time. But you said the word in there. I was unprepared for it. And and one of the things that we were discussing was a studio session that you did not too long ago on you know the the your bandmates solo record. You know, of course, I'm talking about Jesse Valenzuela. Um, and you you know it goes without saying, Jesse's my dude. I I love everything that Jesse does as a absolutely you know as a solo artist. And you know, I keep. I I keep putting it out into the universe that Jesse is going to one day do like this really cool Americana slash Southern rock record because he's got it in him. But you were talking about recording some of those drum tracks and you were like, you know, I I don't, I can't remember if he gave me the demos or not, but I went in and I, you know, it was really no pressure and it was just be in the moment. Um, Talk to me a little bit about that because I think we both agree that you can be over prepared for something like that.
1: Well, so last year, um, Jesse asked me to uh, come down and and record with him, um, and I went down to Danny Wild uh, of of the Rembrandt's fame, um, his his home studio, and I recorded. I think I think I recorded three songs. I think we did two original songs, and then we did a we did a cover song. Um, and I really don't. I, I think maybe he gave me a couple of sketches of the the songs. Maybe a couple of demos that were rough demos, but they they absolutely were not uh, demos that um, he said, "All right, I want you to play what's here on this." demo it was it was basically just you know vocal and and uh it was just it was
0: was just a working tape basically
1: absolutely okay so it was a work in progress progress sort of demo and uh what that's the very definition of a demo a lot of times so I, i went into the studio and sat down and uh it was it was so enjoyable and uh not patting myself on the back, but it, it's it, it, like, I nailed it, you know, uh, because I did not overthink it. And because I was sort of just intuitively letting whatever felt right sort of translate to tape or in this case, probably pro tools or whatever. Right. And, and so, you know, there, uh, there was a song that, um, Featured some brushwork, and uh, admittedly, I am not a you know a guy that that does a lot of brushwork. In fact, you, I could say I've done zero brushwork uh, <laughs> in, in my life. But I, I love I love you know playing around with brushes. But I but I you know I haven't recorded with brushes very much. So there was a song that I heard in my in my head that called for it. And so I said, "Well, let me try this out." And it Jesse you know told me later he said that was that was absolutely perfect." And so you know, I, I think that um, when, when you turn when you turn the thinking part, the thinking mind off and you just let let it come to you, let let whatever it is that you've got, what, whatever it is that you're feeling um, come out. And, and yes, you obviously have to have the ability to, to, you know, get your hands or your fingers or whatever instrument you're playing. Uh, you have to have the ability to do that. Yes. Um, but if you just sort of don't think about it, then, you know, you, sometimes you get, you get some really amazing stuff. And it's the overthinking sometimes that when you go in and you say, this is going to be the most amazing
2: <laughs> yeah. track
1: I've ever done in my life. And I've it, yeah. and that's when it's, you know, you listen back and you just say, what the, what is this? Yeah. You know? And, and so, yeah, for these tracks that I recorded with Jesse, um, I, you know, I, I heard him and I was, I was like, wow. You know, I mean, I asked him, I said, did you, did you do anything in pro tools? And he said, Nope, that's straight. That's what you played.
0: That's awesome. And,
1: uh, so, you know, yeah, those, those moments are where you're, where you feel really, really good about, you know, and, and it, and, and I think for me, what, what I'm trying to do with my own playing as I get older is sort of being more, uh, just, in the moment and, and not overthinking and, and just sort of, you know, letting, letting it sort of play itself, you know? Um, uh, I think when I, when younger drummers, like I talked to like a lot of drummers who are younger and man, there are some incredible drummers out there that, that just, you know, you, you know, that they're practicing and, and you know, the, the rudiments and just, I, it blows my mind, quite frankly, what the, the, the ability of a lot of drummers, but I also hand in hand with that. I also see and hear and notice that there isn't a flow necessarily to some playing. And so, you know, for me, I think as I get older, I'm less concerned about rudiments and things that are technical and I just think about feel. Yeah. And I think about just um playing for the song. I think maybe we talked about that before about yeah. This. Yeah, for playing sure. for the you always want to play for the song. You wanna not sort of overreach and um I, you know, I think that as, as I get older with my, you know, period, you can just full stop, as I get older, uh, <laughs> I, that's how I play now, is I play for the music, I play for the, for the song, and I worry less about, um, oh, did I get that, that chop in there, or did I get that fill in there, or did I, you know, uh, so... At least that's what I hope is coming across in, in what I do. Yeah. Uh, live and otherwise, you know, or, or recording and otherwise.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I think it certainly does. And, you know, look, I, we're all drummers. At the end of the day, we all like to see Choppy McChopperson, you know, on YouTube sure. in, the, in the gospel it's, thing. It's so,
1: it's so fun, right?
0: Yeah, but I mean, I love to see, like, for, for example... You know, I think the the pinnacle of drumming these days are guys like Marco and Virgil Donati and, you know, Thomas Lang and Benny Greb. Those Absolutely. guys, the, those guys can do things that I will never physically be able to do in my 100% own.
1: 100% agreed. You, you know, <laughs> I just. When I, you say Thomas Lang, I just think, OK, that's
0: that, Yeah.
1: You know, I, that's I mean, that's another. Some,
0: next level stuff. Right. And, yep. and you know, those guys have spent 20 hours a day for, you know, 20 years probably practicing to get to that point. And if I Phenomenal. started today and said, I'm never going to sleep again, I'm never going to catch up. And I get that. That's right. And I'm okay right. with that,
1: but I'm okay with it too. Y- it's like an acceptance of, okay, yes. I, I know, again, it's playing within yourself. It's like, uh, but but, but you know what? The beauty of it is Thomas playing can do what he does. And it's, 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 it's on another planet and, and I can do what I do. And it's not necessarily on another planet, but I'm still able to, to do it. I'm still able to be a musician. That's right. You know, that's right. Um, And, and and that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty of music. You know, it's like, You you don't necessarily have to be, you know, the guy that uh, does that thing. Uh, You can do what you do, and you can play within yourself, you know? And, um, you know, I used to, uh, similarly, I used to hear people criticize uh, 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 the drummer from the White Stripes, okay? Oh, yeah. Um, And you know, they would, they would say, you know, Meg, uh, is, is, you know, is she even really a drummer? Like, you know, and this just hard, just horribly harsh things. And then I would think, listen to the music, listen to what is going on. And, and you just know that it's, it's, it's all about the, the feel, like, are yes. you feeling it? Well, and at and the, the end of the day. Yes.
0: Yes, and at the end of the day, Scott, you you have to agree with this. You've been in the music business a long time, as have I. When your record sells 4 million copies, does it really matter if you can do, well, clearly. You know, double paradiddles at 200 BPM? It does not matter one bit, right?
1: What was the name of that Elvis record like 30 million Elvis fans can't be wrong or yeah, something like that? I, I, mean, I mean, it's it's it's, it's, it, it's exactly right. I mean,
0: the even, proof is in the pudding. That yes. that, that it spoke to somebody somewhere. More, yeah, it spoke to somebody somewhere, and you know, right. even the guys that that we mentioned that are just on another planet with their physical abilities behind the kit. If I, I, you know, and I don't know, I didn't ask Marco this when I had him on the show, and I haven't had Thomas right. or Benny, but. If you ask all those guys, who are your biggest influences? One of them's going to say Ringo. One of them's oh, going to you know say. It. One of them's going to say Gad. One of them's going to say Charlie Watts. Guys that you play for the song, right? That's so ab-
1: absolutely correct, and and that's the beauty of it is it is it, it can all exist in the same you know world. I mean that's that's the magic of it is that you know all of these players. They're all just—they're um, all just different. I—I I just, you know, certainly had a, a different um, view of things as I, um, you know, I, I uh, you know, mentioning uh, guys that I grew up trying to emulate, like the Neil uh, Peart's of the world, uh, and uh, you know, the drummers that that I could never touch, right. Yeah, Uh, I you know you you would pretend to touch what they did. You would pretend to be that good, but you 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 right weren't playing what they were playing. Um, But they can all exist together. The Ringos and the Neils and the Charlie Watts. They all it's all music. It's the beauty of it. You know, it's it's uh, and that's just drumming. Yeah, you know, it's like uh,
0: yeah. Don't don't even even get me
1: started on yeah.
0: Don't get me started on the rest of it because I mean look. At the end of the day, I, I think, um, and and I know you agree with me because we've had this conversation before. But at the end of the day, if your employer is happy and you're happy right. and you can sleep right. at night with what you put out today in the studio or on the stage, everything's right with the world. Exactly. Exactly. You know. I mean. Yeah. If,
1: I mean. As, bottom line is that if you're if you're ex, and, and let. Really, if you're lucky enough to have a, a, a job as a musician, any type of job. I mean, <laughs> you, you, if you're getting paid $50 or $500 or $5,000 a night, whatever, I, you're just lucky to be making music. That's all that matters. I mean, and, and even if you're not making money, and if you're able to play music and be happy, that's all that matters. That's right. Um, it's, it, you know, I think a lot of times, a lot of, of um, a lot of kids that I meet are concerned about like, you know, as, as well as I used to be, you know, like, but I got to get in advance so that I can, you know, tour the world and, and make a lot of money and be famous or whatever. And, and, and the reality is that, no, what, what's important is just, you know, just, you make music because you make music. You have to do that. That's something that calls to you. I remember a phrase, you know, a, a writer writes. Okay. Mm-hmm. And a drummer drums. Yeah. A guitarist plays guitar. It, it, it has nothing to do with, um, you know, f- financial Stability. If I mean, if you're looking for th- if you're looking for stability, go become a heart surgeon,
0: all <laughs> right. right, or a lawyer, you know, or whatever. Uh, yeah,
1: study and become a dentist. Yeah. You know, uh, there's no such thing as stability in the arts in general. It's a very it's a very tricky industry. It's a very tricky job category to choose you can't you can't be a musician because you want to you know grow up and uh, you know be rich and famous that's just not the reason to do it the reason to do it is because you just want to make music and be happy and it's and it chooses you actually that's what i really believe it chooses you
0: well, and I, I, I think there is a ton of wisdom in that. You know, a, as we've discussed, you know, my daughter is, you know, um, really into ballet, and she got accepted yeah. to, you know, a ballet conservatory, uh, you know, a, a world class ballet conservatory, and Fantastic. as a as a high school freshman, she's chasing that dream, and that's great. But we've had the conversation with her of, you know, you're. You may or may not end up at New York City Ballet or one of these big, huge companies. And, you know, people that are ballet dancers as a living don't make a ton of money, you know. So so make sure you're prepared for that and know that going in. And, I, you know, I think for my daughter anyway, for me, heck, you know, I would probably take a tour tomorrow for 400 bucks a week. I don't know. You know, it would have to be the right tour. But It's not about the money and it's not about the fame, as you said, because, I mean, you still go to the grocery store and you don't get mobbed, right? I mean.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's, yes, absolutely correct. So. uh, (laughs) I may get mobbed, but it's not because I'm a drummer in a band.
0: (laughs) So, you know, I mean, I'm joking with you, of course, but, you know, I think some people uh, have. Uh, the right motives. And then there are others that you just don't hear from anymore once the spotlight drops away. And, right. you know, I, I think if, if it's born and bred into you the way it is for guys like us, I, you know, I'm going to play no matter what, whether there's, uh, you know, anybody in the crowd or not, I'll go get in the basement with my buddies and jam. Exactly. <laughs> and, and that's perfectly, exactly. you know, that's perfectly okay with me. So uh, I, I, I think this was really good to to talk about this stuff. I really do. I think it helps other people as no matter where they're at in their career, you know? I mean, I've got longtime professional drummers that listen to this show and I have people that just picked up sticks for the first time 6 months ago that listen to the show. Do it because you love it, right?
1: Exactly. That that that's just it. It's 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 all about just um uh you know, the love for whatever whatever passion you have just pursue it you know don't don't give it a second thought just just pursue it and pursue it for the right reasons pursue it because it it puts a smile on your face that's right and and puts a smile in your heart and and then if all of those other things happen consider yourself one of the luckiest people on the planet that you can, that you can actually um, have a career doing it. Yeah. But, but absolutely, you know, I mean, again, when I was 17 and I uh, said, Oh, I'm going to not go to university right away. I was, I was exactly what I'm uh, saying not to do. (laughs) I was a kid who thought I'm going to be in a band. We are going to be successful we were going to tour the UK. I had it all mapped out. I remember writing it down on a little pad, <laughs> like all the things, all my goals for this band that I was in. And of course, none of that happened. I mean, we—you know—you We came close to getting signed, but but as as happens with most bands, you don't get signed. And if you do get signed, you get dropped before you get able yeah, right. to make your record. Yeah. And, and then what, you know, then your dream is shattered where your dream really should have always just been to be, to be whatever you want to be, which is if you want to be a drummer, then just pick up those sticks and, and play. It doesn't matter if it's on your uh, desk. It doesn't matter if it's on a, a drum pad. It doesn't matter if it's on a, a, a $5,000 drum kit. Just play. Just do whatever makes you happy. And, if it, and if, it, if, if it makes you happy playing along with Rush moving pictures, do that. That's mm-hmm. what I did. Yeah. And then I figured out, all right, I want to play with people. I want to play with human beings. So give that a shot. And then just see how it progresses. You know, don't, don't overthink it. You know you can dream there's nothing wrong with dreaming you can You can dream that you're going to tour the u k but if you don't tour the u k don't give up on it because, as I think we talked about last time, you know the reason why i 'm playing drums with the Jim blossoms is because i ne- I never gave up that's right. I never gave up i mean you know forty year old guys are not supposed to get phone calls out of the blue (laughs) saying, Hey, do you want to go play drums for the Gem blossoms?
0: Right. Well, you know, it's that's, uh, and that's kind of my whole point. You are the poster child for what we're talking about.
1: Well, absolutely. I mean, I, and I'm, I'm aware I'm, I'm aware of that because (laughs) I tell other people that I say, I say you just have to be persistent. If you want a career, then absolutely, you know, you have to keep with it, but don't, but don't do it to have a career. Just do it because you, it makes you happy. That's right. And because, you know, I mean, you can still have a life playing drums. You're a drummer regardless of if you're in a band. You can, you can be a drummer. I mean, I've, I, I know people who are great drummers, and all they do is they, they play drums yeah. in their you know, basement or whatever. Yeah. You know, and they're better drummers than I am. You know? Right. I mean, 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 and and you and I both, you know, we, we see on Instagram, I mean, it's, it's, there are incredible, incredible musicians out there. I don't know how some of these people, it looks like they use CGI, quite frankly. You know, you see what they're doing with their, their hands. And then you hear sounds coming from, uh, you know, you just don't know how they do it. And you realize, well, it's because there are incredible musicians out there, yes, and they may never get the phone call saying, "'Hey, do you want to be the drummer and such and such or whatever, but you know what? you don't win if you don't play you're right, right, so you know persistence if if you want a career you, you keep that dream alive, you stick with it, but you don't you don't necessarily start out saying, well, I'm, I'm going to do this because most likely the realism is that, you know, it's not going to happen overnight. It surely won't, you know, happen when you think it's going to happen.
0: Yeah. You know, well, and, and, you know, I think there's, there's also, you know, I think a lot of people have those goals and, you know, they will take, you know, I I don't know, a, a different approach in that you know, they, they only work the social media channels or they're only, you know, they go to the NAM show and they're trying to network that way. And they're not, right. they're not putting in the time on the kit. At the end of the day, right. at the end of the day, you got to play. Nothing,
1: well, that's what matter. exactly. Nothing else exactly. will
0: happen for you if you're not playing. That is right. the bottom line. Nothing else is going to happen unless you play. And I mean, you know, I, your story is just so awesome and, you know, I, I'm a firm believer that one of these days, you know, after you've retired from the music business, you're, you're probably going to end up being the president out at Pepperdine University and you're going to change that rule about no drums in the dorms. No drums, yeah. I, you
1: know, I'm, I'm wondering if that's, the, if, the, if, the if Pepperdine is ever going to get back with me on that, because I've mentioned it a couple of times and, uh, you know, um, uh, yeah, you know, I don't know what I was thinking at the time. Like, you know, okay. So I'm accepted at a, at a university. Where do I store my drum? Where, where do I uh, get the, uh, where do, what, what audacity did I have to say, uh, no. I, do, I need a place to put my drums.
0: Yeah. You know what, okay. you know where that comes from? That comes from a very pure heart and a love for what it is that defines you. That's where that oh, yeah, comes from. I
1: guess so. I mean, I have my priorities were straight. i wanted a place for my drums at that university.
0: That's, that's exactly right. And you know, it all worked out in the end. Here you are the drummer of the gin blossoms. And that's might right. I add, you're too humble to say so, but you're the longest tenured drummer in the gin blossoms.
1: Well, as I like to say, uh, I think I'm getting my gold watch uh, right around the corner. <laughs> and uh and uh and then i've been you know I'm a, uh, yeah i'm i'm actually very <laughs> honored by that there's a there's a little thing on the i think it's like a Wikipedia page or something where it shows you know who has been in the band and it's got like the little you know the the colored
0: oh the little bars yeah 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 okay.
1: Yeah. And I think, I think, yeah, there I am. I'm my, my barcode is longer than, the, <laughs> than my predecessors who were all fantastic drummers, by the way. Yeah, um, for sure. But, uh, but yeah, I, uh, I, you know, I'm, I, I consider this to just be, uh, a a you know, I've always said that I, I am just, I'm honored to be a part of, of this band and, uh, you know, I, I am, I am so incredibly lucky. Uh, yeah, I paid my dues. You know, I I was, I was, there's no question that I was right place, right time. I knew the right people, but, um, you know, I had been a a part of the Tempe music scene for a very long time. And, um, you know, my, my number came up and I was ready for it. And I, I'm, I'm just thrilled that it's still going. And, and the band is is still playing and we're able to get out there and, and people are enjoying what we do. and It's, it's pretty, it's pretty cool.
0: Absolutely. Well, I hope you have a fantastic run out there. I know you've got a little bit of time off before you guys get active again, but I know April, you guys have some dates uh, and then the, the, the summer tour with Bare Naked Ladies and Toad the Wet Sprocket starts up in June, and I'm pretty sure you guys are doing that for a couple, three months. Um, so yeah, we we yeah. definitely want to tell folks, go get your tickets. They're on sale. Go see Scott and the guys in the Gin Blossoms this summer. Uh, it's going to be a great tour, and I can't wait to see you when you get close to me. I plan on being at the Cincinnati show, and hopefully we can Absolutely. grab a cup of coffee uh, beforehand. That would be
1: great. Cool. Looking forward to it. Looking forward to the summer. Looking forward to the the rest of the year.
0: Yeah, man. Well, Scott, as always, thank you so much for taking time. Uh, This has been absolutely great. You're welcome here anytime you know that. Anytime you've got anything going on, let us know. And I'm sincere when I say we do owe you a huge debt because... Uh, you, you said sure man i'll do your podcast even though we had had approximately you know 7 downloads at that time so uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you helped this little show become the, the you know the little engine that could uh, because you were I one like of the first i like to be
1: there for the ground floor I, you know, the, the, yes the, 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 the groundbreaking
0: well, okay, I like that. You know, after you get your gold watch from the blossoms, you know, <laughs> if if you retire, you know, there, there's a co-hosting spot in this for yeah, you if you say, really I heard want you it. you
1: mention the retiring thing. When does that uh, <laughs> when does that kick
0: in? <laughs> I, I, man, I don't know. I get, Medicare is at 65, I think. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, boy. But anyway. Thank you so much, brother. I really appreciate it. And uh, I'm sure we Thank we'll, you, Jamie. And it's it's truly my pleasure and
1: I I, I love being on your show.
0: Well, cool, man. We'll we'll do it again real soon, okay, man? All right. Thank you. Thank you, brother. All right, guys and girls, that is going to wrap up episode 92 of The Drum Shuffle. Thank you so much for listening. I want to take a moment to thank my friend Scott Hessel for taking time out of his busy schedule to come on and talk to us for an hour and a half. Uh, I know it's a little bit longer episode, but we were having so much fun. Uh, I did not want to cut that one short. Uh, just a quick programming note. The next two weeks, there will not be a new episode of the Drum Shuffle. It is spring break for my daughter Skylar, so I will be traveling to North Carolina for one of her ballet performances and getting her home for a week. And I do not want to spend any time other than talking to and hanging out with my daughter here over the next couple of weeks. So you're going to have two Wednesdays without me prying into your podcast listening. We will be back uh, late March with new episodes, so hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you use to listen in. You will catch those episodes as soon as we're back here in a couple of weeks. If you've hit that subscribe button, the biggest thing you can do to help us out is leave us a star rating or a review. It helps people find us. We can't thank you enough in advance for doing that. Uh, we do answer every single email we get here. The email address is podcast at gmail.com. Our web address is thedrumshuffle.com, and you can always find more information about me over at jamieeds.com. Again, thank you so much for tuning in. We simply cannot do this show without each and every one of you every week listening to our show. I thank you from the bottom of my heart. So until next time, may your heads stay strong and your sticks never break. Cheers, everybody.